It's been almost a month since that dreaded Tuesday in November. Marissa and I check in on how we've coped, try to find a little positivity in this world, and talk through what we can do as citizens to preserve the progress that we've made the past eight years. We also talk about Hamilton, football, and I do a pretty only okay Obama impression at the end. Thanks for joining us. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you, sister? I'm doing okay. How are you? Long time no podcast. I know. Thank goodness we've talked otherwise. But yes, long time no podcast, no recording our conversations. They've been too terrible to record. <laughs> yeah. It took us like basically a full month to even get to this point. It hasn't even been a month since the election. Which is unbelievable to me. Yeah, this is like the longest month of all time. <laughs> Completely. I was thinking about it tonight and I was like, God, it's been such a long month. It hasn't even been a full month yet. And then I thought, is this what my life is going to be? Am I just going to be wishing my like life away? Yep. Trying desperately to get through the next four years? I know. Just like, oh, has it been a year? No. No, ma'am. It's only been one week. Well, and I like we're like, it's not even been a month and the Donald's already causing an international conflict with China. Yeah, do tell me because what we'll get to is basically like how we've coped, how we're doing. And right now, I will not lie to you, our podcast listeners, which is basically our cousin Sarah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I am in a complete case of burying my head in the sand because I cannot live in this world. So I barely am scraping the surface of news right now, Marissa. So you're going to have to teach me and our listeners a few things. So why is he causing an international controversy? Okay. Well, first I have to say that I did just speak with Sarah, our only listener. And she is also not following the news because she cannot handle it. Mm. So maybe this will be of use. I don't even really know, to be honest with you. Like, he um, had a... Oh, he got a call from the president of Taiwan, or I guess he called the president of Taiwan, and then he said that he just got the call. I don't know. And he took the call, regardless, and talked to them, and um, that was seen as kind of a big slight to China, and China was, like, super pissed, and I guess it's, like, really not what the, the American president hasn't talked to the president of Taiwan in decades because of our diplomacy with China. And, um, yeah, so that didn't go well. <laughs> and China Why am was, I not surprised? China was, like, really pissed about it. This is a beginner's guide to international relations, <laughs> which, frankly, was never my strong suit in poli-sci. Yeah. So all I could say is just they were pissed. They were they were not happy about it. They even called Obama like or like the White House and the White House had to take care of it. And now today the Donald is doing like exactly what we needed him to do for diplomacy and for our international relations, which is tweeting up a storm against China on Twitter. Oh so. my god. 
Oh my god, we're all gonna die. Yeah, we're basically all gonna die. So at least the misery of the election won't last that long. <laughs> it's unbelievable um, to me. It's unbelievable. So yeah, that's uh Wow. That's the world. I mean, I think uh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um so there was some good news today. Yes, go on. About the Dakota Access Pipeline. I saw that briefly. That was very good news. So I don't know the details, dear listener, because I have become an ignorant, ignorant, silly woman. Um, (laughs) The podcast is now just me telling you my, like, very vague understanding of news (laughs) events. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But I did, I saw the notifications basically uh, yell at me through my Apple Watch because that's what kind of douchebag I am. Um, That told me that the, uh, that basically the protesters won. Yeah, so the... The federal government was like, yeah, we're not going to um, grant an easement to the uh, uh, the oil company. An easement, uh, this is going to be really interesting for everyone, I'm sure. But in case you didn't know what an easement is, that's like a permission to use certain land on property, which really like the federal reservation would kind of be the federal government's property, I guess, in a weird way. Um, And yeah, so they said that they were not going to give that permission through an easement. My least favorite area of law, property law, but property law for the win today. So woohoo, woohoo property. Yay. So that's really good. Although I will say that even that, like, well, it was so good. It also made me feel just like so sad. Why? I'm just like, well, just like that we get to have that under Obama, like something good happening, and then just being like, yeah, this is like never going to happen happen under Trump. Mm-hmm. So, how have you been coping, Marissa, in this month of misery? Not well. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know. I probably like, I don't know. I should have taken a break from social media and I didn't. I'm kind of letting all my anger out on social media, which we all know is the best thing to do. (laughs) So one, one of my new favorite things that actually does make me feel joy is critiquing and harassing news organizations for their headlines Mm. that I feel like are really like false equivalency headlines. um, That is a favorite pastime of mine as well. Yeah. It's just, it feels really nice because it's not like you're just arguing with like some idiot online. It's like, so um, for example, after the Steve Bannon pick, so many news outlets were just like Trump picks firecracker Steve Bannon. <laughs> Trump picks controversial figure. And like now I just do not handle that shit. And I'm just like, no, just like I'll tweet at them. Like, change this headline to say white nationalist, or if they ever use alt-right, or basically like any headline they have that is kind of like normalizing fascism. I like to critique those, and uh, that has actually made me feel a bit of joy. Mm, 
mm-hmm. like a small bit of joy. What about you, Sibby? How are you handling? Oh, I mean, I've been, I've been through it all. And I think you have too. I mean, the first few days after the election, I lashed out. I unfriended everyone I knew, basically, that I wasn't related to, um, that I knew to be a Trump supporter. And I'm not going to lie, I actually regret some of those unfollows. Um, And now I feel like it's too weird to go and uh, friend them again on Facebook. But that Mm -hmm. happened. Um, I said a lot of angry things. Um, I was basically depressed, angry. Um, You know, you and I both know we've had some familial problems as a result of the election. And, uh, at some point I decided I just like couldn't take it anymore because all I was doing was like reading the news and, uh, and then reading things that made me feel terrible. And, uh, I, and listening to things too. And so I think a couple weeks ago, like I said, it's been like the longest month. It, it feels like months ago I made this decision, but a couple weeks ago, I guess, I decided to uh, listen to a book on tape while I was driving in the car to work instead of listening to NPR. I think what was getting to me so much, Marissa, is there's just this point, like, you know, I love listening to NPR. I love listening to podcasts, stuff like that. Where I was like, I had one of my long drives I have to do where I have to go um, take dinner to one of my kids, uh, right after work. And I have to drive pretty far to do it. And, um, I was listening to NPR and they were talking about all of the environmental impact. And I don't consider myself like a huge environmentalist. I mean, I essentially live and work in Boulder, Colorado. So like, I guess it's a part of every, you know, it's everywhere where I am culturally speaking. But I don't spend a lot of time reading about environmental issues or whatever. But I was like, the environmental thing started to really get me. Of all the things. Mm -hmm. Like, that really started to bother me. Um, And all of the damage that he will probably do in that regard. The way that he denies climate change. The way that um, he wants to roll back basically all of the stuff. Uh, and, And so I was just like, I can't. I can't anymore. Like, this is just, like, too upsetting. So I started listening to, like, a book on tape. Um, I don't even remember what it was, what I was listening to. But since that point, I've read now five books, which, (laughs) hilariously, if you're listening to these podcasts in order, there was a sad moment. It's now sad. It was kind of uplifting when we did it. In our last podcast, we said, what are we going to do once the election is over and we have our lives back? And I said, I'm going to read books. Yeah. Now I like read books because it's like my only form of escapism. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I started to basically, uh, I've been reading a ton and, um, which has been really fun and has been, like I said, a nice escape from all of this. And, um, I've sort of backpedaled a bit out of social media, um, trying to at least like, uh, just, in general, it's not just the election stuff and it's not just like Donald Trump stuff, but like, I just was realizing the time suck that was getting to me and how for the past like six months, right? At least all we've been doing is like reading news, checking everything all the time, 
And I had just basically decided I can't do that anymore. I have to, uh, I don't know. I need to do something else. And so, yeah, I started reading books. I started watching the Gilmore Girls from the beginning. I've never watched Mm -hmm. a show before. Um, And just trying not to do stuff on my phone. So, like, the only thing I'm trying to really look at right now is Instagram. Because nothing is unhappy on Instagram. It's all just photos of good stuff. So, anyway, that's been my coping in this less than a month time period that feels like a year of my life. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, it's been really tough because I have a long commute as well mm. and I cannot bring myself to listen to the podcast. Like I had always been listening to keeping it 1600. <laughs> oh no. Now it brings me back to people who we were like, who we love during the, <laughs> like on the last podcast, it was like keeping it 1600, 538 pod. And literally, I feel like mine was like all the podcasts I listened to. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was really listening religiously to those podcasts, 538, the pollsters, um, slate political gab fest. And I just like, cannot like, I've listened to maybe a few of uh, the Keeping It 1600. That's the only one I can even kind of bring myself to listen to. I still can't bring myself to listen to 538 at this point um, because it's too objective. <laughs> and uh, and even that, I've had a really hard time listening to. And so then I just have it on NPR, which is still horrible. And then when I get too annoyed at NPR... Um, the thing that I've been really into that's years late is Hamilton. (laughs) And and so that's all I've been listening to. I'll like start out listening to NPR or even listening to a podcast. And then I just get so upset in the car on my way to work that I'm like, I can't listen to this. And then I put it on Hamilton and, uh, but even that is no reprieve. Yeah. Just makes you sad. Right. Because of of my horrible imagination, which is like, <laughs> I'll admit, a, a sad, uh, really embarrassing thing I do, which is um, for any listeners who have listened to Hamilton's soundtrack or like are into Hamilton, which is maybe no, no one who would listen to this other than Zach, if he would like give the podcast another chance, which I doubt that he will. But uh, I'm like, I love listening to it's quiet uptown, which is a super sad song that plays like after the Hamiltons lose their son. It's like, you would love it because it's like, I know I was kind of explaining this, but you would really love it now. But I know I was talking about it a bit before the election and like, so it has the whole aspect of like, of course, being about like the the constitution and the founding fathers, which you would love. And then it also has like some romantic drama. I've heard that, you know, me, about, I love romantic drama. Although I wonder how we would feel about it because it's like about sisters having, where like the older sister kind of gives up Hamilton to like the younger sister because she like, cause she can tell she likes him. Mm. But then, but then the older sister maintains like an intellectual relationship with Hamilton. That's kind of like romantic basically. So the older sister then Angelica is like 
kind of his biggest confidant on a lot of political issues and like really pushed him to not compromise on things involving the national bank, like the fed and, and stuff like that. Um, so I think that you would like it. Yeah, I think I would too. Sounds like the older sister is a little bit like, uh, Riggins and Beth, if you ask me. By giving up her love. Mm-hmm. But also the older sister is kind of a bee because of having an emotional romantic relationship with the younger sister's husband. Yeah. Calling you out. (laughs) All the times when Johnny was contacting you. (laughs) Well, we have an intellectual relationship, so mostly mostly Johnny and I have (laughs) a delightful friendship of when we're the we're together with you and our father. And the two of you just do the thing that you two do by getting neurotic and like antsy about everything and you know upset or whatever johnny uh-huh. and i always just give each other this look like why <laughs> like why are they <laughs> still why are they doing this i recall something like when we were going to breakfast one morning when dad and i were out visiting you and uh i think we were like parking or something we're like this is fine and like you were like, no, we could go park down there. And dad was like, yeah, we should park, blah, 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 blah. And like <laughs> afterwards, he and I just looked at each other and shrugged our shoulders like, I don't know. I don't get them. Well, <laughs> me and dad are two neurotic peas in a pod, so. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, but the Hamilton situation, that, that's been the only good thing to come out of the election. <laughs> it's the only good thing. Is your love of Hamilton... That's good. Yeah. So now do you really want to see it? I do, but it's so expensive. I even looked at tickets and it like, I was like, when's like the farthest away ticket I could buy because it's going to be in LA. And, um, it was like $700 for the worst ticket. And I was like, eh, I like this, but I don't like it that much. Well, I can listen to it whenever I want. Right. So, and I do have to give a shout out to Zach on this because I feel like he made it so much better by just like always explaining who was singing what. Mm. I definitely approached it like a dad where, like our dad, where I was like, well, who is this now? It (laughs) sounds the same. And he's like, clearly it's George Washington. He just said that it was him. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so that's how I've been coping. And then we've had we've had some football enjoyment. Yeah. And then also kind heartbreak. Of, but yeah. yes. Yes, let's talk about football for a sec. So yeah. um my and your Colorado Buffaloes have been amazing. It has been the only bright shining light of this fall. In a lot of ways. Uh, the Cubs, of uh, course, that was huge. Huge, huge, huge. So I shouldn't say that. Um, but the Buffs uh, are near and dear to my heart. Um, and 
this has been just amazing season. If you are out there and you're interested in what I'm talking about at all, there's a little video series called The Rise, and you can really watch uh, these. Uh, there have been five episodes that show the progress of the Colorado Buffaloes. If you're familiar with college football, you might know that they have been horrible for the past basically 10 years, it seems. Um, it seems like forever. It seems like it's as long as like the month that we've just had. Uh, yeah. They've had plenty of p- poor, poor seasons. Um, and ever since, especially they joined the PAC 12 uh, conference, they have been done very poorly in the conference. It, I remember the first time they finally got a conference win that may have been last year. I'm not quite sure. It could have been a little bit earlier. So I've watched a lot of bad seasons of Colorado football, and uh, you could tell last year they were definitely making progress. They were still losing, but it was close. It wasn't the blowouts that they had almost always experienced. And then this year has been amazing. Uh, They've had a fantastic record. They won the Pac-12 South, and they got to play in the Pac-12 Championship, which was on Friday night. Unfortunately, as Marissa knows... Because we were texting each other, it was horrible. It did not go well, and I have I feel like never been so nervous for a game in my life, which is saying yeah. something. So uh, they lost the Pac-12 championship, which was truly their only goal for the season. If you watch the rise, they talk about that a lot. Um, uh, but now they're going to go to the Alamo Bowl. I'm trying to be okay with that and just be happy. Uh. Really, it's pretty shitty because. It'd be great if they were going to the Rose Bowl, but USC is now going to the Rose Bowl because oh. they now have a better record and because uh, we played an extra game that they didn't play and uh, and we lost that game. So uh, we don't get to go to the Rose Bowl, which is heartbreaking as well. But I'm trying to stay positive. Yeah, really, actually, this whole thing is just so depressing. I know. This that whole I'm part, podcast I'm like, is like, like, why did I bring this up? It's just... <laughs> it has been it was pretty bad like Friday night I like couldn't even really sleep because I would wake up and remember and I've had too many nights like that in the past month where you wake up and remember the reality of the world Jesus I know and it's only been a month yeah like not even a full month and it's just like yeah no it definitely was really shitty and um I really liked it when the Bucks won their game before this because then it knocked USC out of going to the Pac-12 championship. And I feel like I gloated a little bit too much about it. Oh, no. And then I'm well, even to you, because I was like, I want to go on the street and be like, fuck you, USC, because I live in LA. Actually fairly close to USC. Like that would be the closest university. And um yeah, and their fans were so obnoxious. Like when CU played USC, we went out um, to brunch that weekend. It was Johnny's birthday, and we really wanted to watch that game. And of course, I mean, to be fair, it is like right by the university. So everywhere we went was just packed with Trojans fans. And I just, <clears throat> I really wanted them to be unhappy. And it's like, nope, they still ended up getting to go <laughs> to the Rose Bowl anyway. Um so, yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah, I'm at this point now where I feel like, um, <laughs> I don't know, I was, like, kind of just so negative today. And no wonder, all of the stuff we're bringing in on ourselves, Marissa, we really need to find some positivity in our world. Um, 
I was watching some NFL games today, and anytime a team I didn't like did poorly, I would like laugh at them because that, that's I'm just now petty apparently because I feel like I've earned it somehow. And um, I really hope Washington gets destroyed by Alabama, which is a really crappy thing to say too. But um, anyway, yeah. But the yeah, buffs. The I, buffs. I mean, if taking the the outcome definitely was disappointing on Friday, but the journey of the season has been amazing and has made me so happy. So um, I really love it. I uh, will tell you a little story that you know, makes it seem like I'm just, you know, I've been the greatest fan ever, which is not always true. I've definitely watched all of these crappy seasons, but at the beginning of the season, I just knew it in my heart that this was different. And, um, and Mike didn't really believe me and it took him a long time to, to get on board with it. And, uh, before the game against Utah, he got me a t-shirt that said the rise is real. And he said, because you're the only one I know who really believed. And I was like, oh, I want to cry. Oh, no, so, <laughs> no. So anyway, they are, they're a fantastic bunch. Yeah, I feel the same. It's been a very, like, I've been very negative about pretty much everything. But I've even been negative in a different way to where I'm almost just like, well, yeah, of course. Like, today it seemed like the Broncos were actually going to lose the game. And it was such a boring game, yeah, if anyone watched, really was. who's listening. It was, like, miserable. And I just, like, can't bring myself to care that much about their season. I will say that I think that's because last year they had a season that was almost similar to the Buffs of having, like, kind of a Cinderella type of season where no one thought that they were going to, you know, make it as far as they did or win. Like, the whole time everyone was kind of like yeah they're the underdog this season just hasn't felt the same but even today i was just like well yeah of course they're gonna lose of course yeah this is where of course we're that at. would be this of course that would be the situation who even cares <laughs> so yeah, yeah earlier this not been good. <laughs> earlier last week i i had this like philosophy this like weird conspiracy theory that um to get my sports outcome that i need that i want which would be the buffs to win the pac-12 championship I need all of the other things I root for to lose that there's no way I can like possibly get everything that I want. And, um, and so like the Broncos lost and the Blackhawks were losing and like everything that I was like rooting for was like not getting like, wasn't winning somehow. Like it was just very obvious that like, this is how things were going. That was the case for the Utah game, it felt like. And they won, they beat Utah, and I was like, that's because I had to sacrifice all the other teams to get to this point, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I had that philosophy last week, too. Uh, and I was like, yeah, 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 this is what I need. I need this really big loss um, from everybody. And then the Buffs lose, and I was like, oh, god damn it. And then uh, my high school... Uh, that I went to won the state championship yesterday for the third year in a row, which is crazy. And, uh, and so I'm a little bit afraid that like, <laughs> the, that okay. yeah, like the, all the mojo actually went to them instead of to the buffs, like somehow they like became the sacrifice as well to, uh, have one of my teams win. But anyway, um, yeah. So the Broncos won today and last night I was actually at Mile High Stadium which was freaking awesome. So, I thought of you a lot, Sibby. It was cool. Oh yeah, that's cool for the 
for a holiday party, right? Yeah, we went to Mike's work. Uh, they had their Christmas party at Mile High Stadium last night, and it was really it was deluxe. It was nice. It was on the the club level, um, and so you know it was like open bar and. They had food and um, and I'd never been on the club level of the at, for the Broncos at Mile High. Like you know, I'm sure like it's not like it was that crazy. It wasn't like the greatest place in the world, um, but it was pretty deluxe and uh, and so it was neat to be there because they had all kinds of like they had a video. They, they had like Broncos videos playing like everywhere all the time. They had like a big Broncos fire. Oh. Yeah, they had a Broncos fireplace and. And then I got to go, um, they were doing tours. And so I went on one of the tours and we went downstairs, uh, to the bottom level and, uh, <laughs> went on a tour of some various things. So we went into the visitor's locker room and, uh, that was disgusting. It stunk. Really? Yeah, it was really gross. But also like the high school, uh, championship games, uh, for, 4A and 5A had played at Mile High, like, earlier that day. And so, but it hadn't really been cleaned up. Um, But I think in general, like, the sweat smell was, like, built in. Like, I don't think it was just, like, from those high school boys. So, um, anyway, and we saw where, like, Thunder the Horse uh, hangs out in between touchdowns. So that was interesting. Uh, We saw the keg room where they keep all the kegs of beer for the games. Um... And let's see what else. And then we got to go on the field or like up against the field. So we got to go outside um, and that was neat. And then uh, actually one of uh, the coworkers or one of the people that works there, we had such a big group of people that were doing the tour and they were doing tours. Like every time 25 people collected, they took a tour. And so there were like multiple tours happening at a time. There were a lot of people there. And so our tour was really big. It seemed and uh, the guy couldn't keep track of us all. And, uh, and so when he walked us back inside after taking us on the field, uh, this one guy, like, went and, like, went over the rope and went into the end zone and, like, ran around. And they took a video of it, which was pretty awesome. So anyway. Um, and then we went in one of the suites uh, that they have. And, oh, my God, Marissa. Like, it basically... You know, you and I have lived a pretty charmed life. We've done some amazing things. We've had a good upbringing, stuff like that. Uh, like, I went in the suite and I sat down and I thought, I don't want to ever come to a Broncos game and not sit in a suite after this. Like, it was too nice. It was like, you know, getting to understand what, like, sitting in first class would be like or something. It was so yeah. comfortable. And I was like, oh, my God, you can see the field so well. It's so warm in here. It has its own bathroom. Imagine being fed, like, all this stuff. So, um, so I was, and the old man who was walking us around was really cute. He's a cute little tour guide who, like, started working for the Broncos after he retired. It's, like, his dream job. So. Oh. I know. But. Anyway, so that, that sounds awesome. Yeah. And it's like, not, that's like, not too shabby. Some good, some good things. Yeah, some good things. So, let's see. Has anything else good happened this month? Yeah, this month sucked. My cat also died this month. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I Penny. forgot about that. Um, let's see. It's like the hits just keep on coming. Um, no, I mean, overall, like, I was really, really happy for November to end. It felt like November just sucked ass. Like, 
the Cubs had won in November, so that was good. But then, like, everything else was just so terrible. Um, and so once December came, I've just been, like, really happy and just trying to enjoy it. And I am going to try really hard to enjoy Christmas and just do what I can to get into the new year. And then I think in the new year, really try to start being more effective. I mean, one of the things that uh, about this election that I think is happening is a pattern. And this is not, you know, new, a new theory by any means. People have talked about this, but I talked to this person I work with who's really brilliant. Uh, and she said this and she said it so well. She was like, you know, every day there's like two or three things that Donald Trump does or whoever in his, you know, up and coming administration does that uh, outrages people. And they get so distracted by that, they have no ability to, like, focus on, like, a single sort of activity of action. Um, and you spend all of your time in this, like, outrage mode that you can't, like, can't focus on making effective change. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And I think just, like, there's a lot of websites now that you can go to or and a lot of different, you know good uh, organizing groups that have inspired me after the election that will have just like one or two things that you can do every day to help. Like what? Or, um, well, I can't, now I can't think of the websites off the top of my head, but like I'm a member of this lawyers group that has gotten some national attention actually on Facebook there's about over 100,000 lawyers, like maybe 120,000 lawyers in this group, um, which if you think about it, is about 10% of actually the national bar. Wow. So that's like 10% of lawyers are in this group. And it's it's a group that's solely dedicated to come organizing and coming up with ways that lawyers can oppose Trump and his actions. And a lot of people on there will post um, – action items to do each day and they're they can be really simple like just calling paul ryan's office and apparently if you call paul ryan's office you'll get a message that says if you're calling about the affordable care act press this number i don't know and you can press that number and then it'll be like if you're calling in support of the affordable care act press one if you're calling in opposition press two so like something as simple as just pressing one like doing this automated call essentially that shows, you know, the idea being if millions of us call showing that we support the affordable care act that could help. Um, and, and different things like that, calling the house oversight committee, having millions of people calling the house oversight committee to express support for having investigations into Donald Trump's, um, you know, conflicts of interest with his business. Um, calling Senator Lindsey Graham's office, who weirdly has somehow been like a heroic figure on the right <laughs> during this. I don't know how. Um, that's how different things are now. Um, to express support for uh, the investigation he wants to launch into Russian uh, interference in our election. So just things as easy as picking up the phone and calling. I've been doing help with like some people who are trans who, you know, are looking for information about how to change their uh, documentation on their passport before the new administration starts. And that's been like 
an incredible fulfilling experience for me to to help these people over the phone of just like you know it's not that helpful made to me I'm just like it's it's not a big deal but you know giving them the information that they need providing all the documents that they need to to go forward with uh, ensuring that they have a passport and their correct gender um, so there there's been a lot of different things that people have been doing on the internet that you know have kind of given ways that have felt more tangible so you don't just feel like you're screaming into a vacuum all the time um that's awesome so marissa do you know of any um you know while i'm sort of in my my morning period and just trying to escape into things i still want to try to do something and the one thing that you know i know that i could at least do right now is potentially like donate money are there good causes right now that can um help uh do anything basically to prevent the worst things from happening oh yeah absolutely um i think you know the aclu of course is a good organization that will be there for us and basically uh we're kind of entrusting them right now uh in my opinion over the people in congress or even the courts uh, to fully, you know, kind of represent our interests, I guess, in the courts. But um, so definitely the ACLU would be, you know, a good a good organization to donate money to because they're just always there to protect our civil liberties and our democracy. Um, but I would also look into smaller organizations. Um, if you care about immigration in particular, Catholic Charities does really good work on immigration. Um mm-hmm. There's another organization called Kind, which weirdly is like Angelina Jolie's organization. But, you know, they do they provide a lot of representation um, to uh, unaccompanied kids Um, in Colorado. In particular, there's a really good nonprofit there that does immigration work called Remain. Mm. um, And it's the Rocky Mountain Immigration Advocacy Network. so, you know, there, there's a lot of good organizations like that. Um, I would also shout out to where I used to work, the Brennan Center for Justice. They do really good work on voting rights. Um, also, the Advancement Project, that would be another, another really good grassroots organization um, that does a lot of voting rights and kind of democracy-based work. Um, so ACLU is a good one, but there's also a lot of smaller groups like the ones I mentioned that, you know, may not be getting all the glory right now and all the uh, contributions. So that's great. Um, so, yeah, there, there, there's good work to be done. And I think we really have to get to work. I, I was just talking with Sarah, our cousin, and she asked, she said, what do you think is the most important thing I can be doing to help? And I don't know. But to me, I think the most important thing any of us can be doing to help is focusing on local and state races. Mm. Um, Beyond just also doing things like to contribute to these legal advocacy groups that are kind of going to stop the hurting as it's happening by fighting it tooth and nail um, and helping vulnerable populations. Like I think that as Democrats, our number one focus needs to be controlling state governments. Uh, Right now, the Republicans just have to get a few more state governments and they'll actually have enough to pass a constitutional amendment, which is terrifying. Terrifying. Um, 
And I think so many issues in our democracy have come from the fact that we've kind of ignored local and state races and we always fail at the midterm election. Um, So you have a lot of situations where many states where Hillary lost, like North Carolina and Wisconsin, have passed draconian voter ID laws that actually did, you know, and actually did really suppress a lot of votes where maybe she would have won those states if it hadn't been for those laws. And you also have like the issue of gerrymandering, which uh, oftentimes it's the state legislature that draws the districts um, in many states. And so even though the majority of us vote for the Democrat, vote for the Democrat even in Congress, um, right now I think the Republicans have about, I, I saw some statistic that was like a four or maybe five point advantage in Congress, just because of gerrymandering, just because of the way the districts are drawn. So as long as we have these, and as long as we have these issues uh, that are that are pretty fundamental to our democracy, with like voter suppression laws and just how we elect our congressional representatives, we're going to have a hard time being in power. Um, and of course, yeah, again, the thing that is so terrifying of like if they win a few more, we could just like they could have complete control over the ability to amend the constitution, which I don't think any of us want. Um, so, so yeah, that, that to me too. So maybe like donating to state democratic party would be good. Yeah. Like Colorado democratic party, not the national DNC, but the, the ones that are focusing on your local races or even, or even your local democratic party, you know, the Boulder or Denver democratic party who are, um, focusing on the local races. So those to all of us Democrats, I feel like those are not like the sexy races. We never care about states, (laughs) but then it's like, it really messes us up. (laughs) Yeah. That's the truth. Great. Okay. Well, that was really helpful, Marissa. And uh, we'll try to put in the comments, some of those websites that you were talking about in uh, the description of the podcast in case anyone is interested. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, final note, Let's end on a little positivity. We haven't done it in a month. Hard eyes okay. emoji. All right. Where are you at? So mine is creepy because it's someone who's a lot younger than me, guaranteed. But I'm going to go with old Sefo Lufau. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, he showed grit. I was annoyed that he stayed in the game on Friday night because he was, like, definitely too hurt. Um, but... He shows so much grit and he's cute, you know, he's young, but he's cute. And he always plays through his injuries for better or worse. And I was really sad thinking about him and the other seniors who have just like poured their hearts into this team and don't get to leave with the Pac-12 championship, but at least they get to leave with like such an amazing season and just truly in my mind, like watching him play. He plays like, as John Elloy would say, like he's always kicking and screaming, wanting the win. He'll run for it if he has to. Like that guy wants to win. It was super sad that he got hurt on Friday night yeah. and wasn't able to execute. Um, but so yeah, that's going to be my hard eyes emoji to end this season. Oh, I love it. It's like it's way better than mine. So uh, I'm going to latch onto yours a little bit. And say okay. yes. I definitely have the hard eyes emoji for for Cepho, So maybe I'll see him on campus and 
I don't know. And cre- creep on him. I shouldn't even <laughs> joke about that on the podcast at all. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, so, no, he was he was amazing for all of the reasons and all of the work that he's done the past four years. He definitely deserves it. So, yeah, um, I'm with you. And then <laughs> I don't even have one in particular right now. I guess I'm going to give it to what I call and what they call in the in the uh, in the fiction world, the book boyfriend. All of the book boyfriends I've just uh, collected in the past month. Uh, the last one uh-huh. uh, in a silly football romance book called Sacked <laughs> um, <laughs> was uh, a guy named Knox Masters, and he was really great. So. Uh, Old Noxie. Yeah, old Noxie. Uh, so all the book boyfriends, which basically means all the authors who've done a really good job uh, creating all these wonderful books that I've been reading. Um, i trying to think of anybody else. Like, I think the Cepho thing is totally up there. I am right there with you on that one. So, um, yeah, basically I'm going to copy my my little sister. Yeah, well, it's like when we had the Cubs one, and all of ours were the Cubs. Yeah, it was like Chris Bryant and uh, Chris Bryant. <laughs> Even Mike was like Chris Bryant. He's like, is mine. yeah, he's like Chris Bryant and Rizzo's relationship. That's mine. Like, <laughs> their friendship. So, um, yeah. But anyway, all right, cool. Well, Sibby, we got a long road ahead of us. We do. It will be tough. But we'll get through it, hopefully. And we just have to remember what President Obama would tell us to do. Which is? He would tell us, you know, don't give up. I know. I always joke with Johnny. um, This part of it was a little cut out about how I always envision Obama singing the sad songs from Hamilton and cry on my way to work. (laughs) And I always joke with Johnny. I'm like, what would Obama say about this? He'd be so disappointed that I was crying. He'd be like, Marissa, now is not the time to cry. I can't do a good Obama voice. Uh, I told my coworkers that there have been many times in the past eight years that I've given you advice as Obama. (laughs) And they couldn't believe this is it. Embarrassing. I totally did. When you were trying to figure Maybe. out if you should go to law school, Marissa. Now is the. I feel like right now, maybe you should close us out as Obama. Oh Lord. Okay. Everybody out there, <laughs> if you're listening to this, don't give up. We got a long road ahead, <laughs> and it takes everybody. And I believe in you. I've always believed in you. You are what oh, makes this country great. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate it. Okay. Well, we're going to have some sad Obama, some sad Obama podcast coming, coming into yeah. the future. I foresee that. That's for sure. definitely going to happen. <laughs> so anyway. All right. All right. So everybody. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>